If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 223. Suns fan here with the Cinder, the man, and uh, some bald guy from Ireland. Where I can actually hear my voice on your, your headset, Shane. Yeah, yeah, I lowered it, I lowered thank it. Thank you, thank you. You're just extremely loud. In the testing, you weren't this loud at all. Oh, you're yeah, like twice just, as loud as you were in the test, Shane. I'm just more excited. What can I say, okay? I'm very excited to be here with Cinderin. And Shane, are you on the right mic? Why? I think so. Is it the wrong Okay, mic? maybe it's good now. Oh, he was just being really loud. <laughs> I was <laughs> just shouting. Now I, I was shouting to, to match the energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't get that concept. Yeah, it's okay. No, it's fine. We're good. We're good. Uh, anyway, uh, Shane, hello, welcome. Uh, for people that don't know Shane, uh, you're gonna have to wait because we have to say thank you to uh, to our patrons no, that's first. A good bait, I like that. That's good. <laughs> They'll definitely hang on. They're more important, of course. Cinder, uh, would you like to take the first half today? Of course, I will. I have them on my second monitor this time, Shane, so we can do a great backup recording system that we have. Very professional. Yeah. Thank you to STGC Daniel, humble bookmaker, recommends Relic Arena. Oh, very good. <laughs> Please do a belch instead of reading this name. Unlucky. Maybe Shannon gets it next week. Mr. I love the NBA segment was in Copenhagen last weekend and paying nine euro for a Coke. How do you even live, Sindarin? Uh, I don't live there and I would not pay nine euros for a Coke. That's how I manage. Pepperballs, T-Coil, Q-Lutes is ready to praise the podcast. Stupid co-pilot, Lab Dota, Yatoro does it again, Sindarin. Magdev, there are billions of gamers on Earth and most haven't even heard of, let alone tried Dota, something something marketing. Disco Farm D and the Mega Pope. Thank you also to Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroats, Yatoro Does It Again, Cinderin, Shark TM, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Eve Remort, Remort, Ben Broomhead Loves the NBA Segment, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Bamboo is one of the fastest growing plants on Earth, capable of growing up to 91 centimeters in a single day, Mr. Niebling. Thank you. And thanks to Shane. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, thanks, no Shane, for contributing. Before we get into it, I went on like a Google that fact. OneTreePlanted.org says it only grows approximately seven centimeters a day. So uh, it's a bit, a bit of a rough start. Wow. Imagine if That's it turns off. out that every fact Niebling has put in has been a lie for like yeah, just slightly years. off. On yeah. Well, yeah. that's not slightly. If I'm slightly <laughs> off by ninety-five <laughs> percent. Just slightly off. We round down or something in in America. Uh, Shane. Can you introduce yourself? Because believe it or not, there might be some people that weren't around for your in-camera days or in front of camera days. So yeah, who the been, fuck are you? It's been what, like, I don't know, like five years or something like that? Since something like I've that. Done any camera work at all. Now I, um, I work at ESL. I'm in the product department and I try and lead the Dota efforts hmm. on, on that side. So you're in charge of the entire ESL company. Is that correct? Um. Yes, let's go okay. with that. 
Perfect. So when the games are delayed, is that because you didn't start them? Or yeah, is it the you, caster's fault? I think if you actually tweet at me directly, it helps and yeah. it speeds it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. good. Okay. Which one's that? At Shane Omad? That's the one, yeah, correct. Okay, and good, like yeah. I'm sure we can, in the comments we can share my email and phone yeah. number. And okay, all that perfect, perfect. <laughs> Even better, yes. Yeah. The more the merrier. Uh, so before we get started with the actual questions, we gotta we gotta do our rapid fire initiation for you, Shane. All right. I'm gonna give okay. you two very enticing options and you pick one of the two but you don't think about it all right you just choose can you handle this okay yeah okay let's go some of them are easy beef or chicken beef water or coke zero <laughs> come on come on coke zero hair on head or hair on balls ball sack every time cake or pie neither that's oh yeah, oh, I just ruined I, your concept. No, I'm sorry. I, I knew he was. Gonna, I mean, cake or pie is like the the consistent one. And I knew he wasn't gonna go down I, the road. Just, I just don't want to lie. You know. Yeah, you can't pick either, right? You've been on a keto diet for how many years? Hey, hold on, hold on. That's part but of the interview process. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, My Shannon. Goodness. Sorry, we don't talk beforehand. That's why our podcast is so good. It's because we don't brief anything. And no, don't we're talk saving to in general. The, the keto so. talk is probably the most interesting factoid. <laughs> is that all I have? <laughs> Stay tuned for the keto topic, guys. It's nice. really exciting. Yeah, it's a countdown yeah, we actually to the to keto. Trivia this week, so we can talk about keto for twenty minutes. <laughs> well, we could Very do good. a trivia on. I mean, you just asked the question as well. How long he's been on keto? That could have been a trivia question, for all you know. That's true. That would have been a good one, actually. It's too too late now. All right, Shane. So, as is normal with these guest interviews, we talk about the early life of our subjects, and then we judge you based Ooh. on past transgressions. Okay. So what was, where did you grow up? What was early life like? You actually have some interesting anecdotes. Do uh, I? Yeah, because I've seen your license from a long time ago. So you can maybe discuss that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So obviously from Ireland, uh, Dublin, grew up there. Had a lovely family, very warm environment. It was good fun. And then... Uh, you sound sarcastic when you say <laughs> Well, it's not all true. It's just my mom will definitely listen to this thing, so I have to pretend to be thankful. Um, no, so I basically, uh, when I was like, I don't know, 16, 17, I, uh, I went a bit mad, hence the, the name. It was actually a bit younger. So it's very funny. Um, I was one of the youngest people in Ireland to ever go bald. I was like 12, 13 when mm. my hair started falling out. And uh, there's a little factoid, better than keto, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty good, uh, actually. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Um, yeah, and I, do, I was being studied by trichologists and everything like that. Obviously, you know, you're a young kid. This makes you freak out a little bit. And then, yeah, basically dived into the world of, of video games, like head first, like mm. most, of us, most of us do to escape our problems. So and, uh, what did the results show? Did they <laughs> confirm that you were bald? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, you know, it's oh. actually really weird. It's an elaborate ruse by the Trichologist Association of Ireland, and they pay me to shave my head every day, so they don't care. <laughs> that fact. So yeah. they came to your house and like they, how did they study? I, I had exactly? to go to them. I wasn't that important. Oh, I had okay. to go to them. And uh, at one point I went into like an auditorium, literally like this 13 year old kid marched in front of people like a zoo animal. And uh, they all like like looked at me and they examined my hair follicles and all this kind of stuff. Oh, came up close. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He's bald. <laughs> he is bald. We're good. Okay. That little one's bald. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. Then, uh, 
Uh, went to, like pretty off the rails, I'd say, when I was 16, 17. Like partied very hard, went crazy. Uh, went back, played Dota for, you know, five days straight, then went partying again. Mm. Um, yeah, pretty weird. Uh, I'd say my life started taking actual shape when I was like 19. I went back to school and then went to university. Started moving on to Counter Strike at that point. Oh, yeah, more, that's... the more civilized game, I would yeah. say. Well, um, some would say that, yeah. yeah. Indubitably. <laughs> uh, always playing Dota on the side as like the fun game, and then started playing Counter Strike. So you played Dota before CS? I didn't know that. Yeah, but like I was like trash. I mean, I mean, like I didn't know what was going on. We went to a LAN cafe and nobody knew you know anything we would like lichen wasn't allowed to be played because it, the wolves were too op you know the, <laughs> like, like, like that was the level we were at right wow, that's impressive and and i mean for many years we were that bad <laughs> not like i've improved much i hope hopefully people don't pick lichen against me i still can't handle it um yeah and then what happened then i was basically a young boy playing a lot of video games and i, I went to study chemistry i i don't know why um just randomly happened, I guess. Um, Chemistry, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Did you enjoy it? It? it was like a phase. You know the way people like, you know, slip not for a few years, like chemistry was like a similar kind of thing for me. I, li I liked it conceptually. There's got to be and some then, chemists out there that are just like, what the fuck, dude? It's just a phase, you know. It's something well, you well, get over, you know. You know, you like the theory behind it's so cool, right? Like what makes things happen, how like reactions happen. It's like it's a cool concept, and then you realize you just do the same thing with like I don't know a fucking beaker for like twelve hours a day. You just pour like twenty milliliters of that in and twenty milliliters, and then you do this a thousand times. Mm. You know that, and that was a, a bit of a realization. Let's put it that way. So the repetition of uh, that was too much for you, but playing dota and cs which are all about yeah. doing the same things over and over i think fine. it's because in in university the the lecturers are too positive about things you know they're not like screaming at you or like randomly just throwing mm. shit on the ground they're extremely positive and supportive and i, I don't think that's what i needed back then you know I think it would be kind of cool in the chemistry lab though if the teacher was just like fuck this i'm breaking my items and just, just take... lighting shit on fire <laughs> <laughs> destroys everything yeah. yeah, yeah. I think chemistry would be more popular. That's a good point. So, did Maybe, you um, go ahead? Go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Cinderin, please. No, you go ahead. Uh, you go did ahead. you continue with chemistry for very long? Like, how long of a period was that? Uh, two years ish. Oh, okay. Two That's quite there. a while. One, one, yeah, it was one, one to two years. It was a long there. phase. I would say I did it seriously for like eight, nine months, and then the rest was just me pretending to go to university. Mm -hmm. Um. Playing like Dota and Counter Strike all day. Okay, and then what? What happened? Did you drop out of school? Um, or are you a dropout? I definitely dropped out. Um, went home, and I was like, didn't really know what to do with my life. So obviously, back to Dota. Um, <laughs> went full full in there, and I made this. Um, I joined this community from Reddit called Dota Noobs. Um, it was a small group of people that basically tried to mix experienced players with non-experienced players. And, you know, from my Lycan anecdote earlier, you can understand that I was extremely experienced in Dota. Um, I played a lot of Han actually in the mix of that as well. So yeah, very I, important. I, I did, yeah, just rip Han. 
Um, and then we, we made this community, and that's actually how I met Shannon. I did this thing where once every two weeks, I think Cinder and you came as well at one point. I yeah. Believe. yeah. I have no recollection of what this is. Continue. Yeah. I do remember this. So basically, every two weeks, we get like, quote unquote, famous people from the community to come in and just be like guest players. And we'd, you know, arrange um, these five on five so people could interact with their, 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 you know, idols from the community. And I don't, and then we couldn't find the idols. So we had to get like Shannon and, and Cinder in and, you know, obviously that platform skyrocketed them into where they are today. <laughs> yeah, of course. I have no memory of this at all. It was, it was you and Reeves. And that's yeah. probably why I don't remember. <laughs> Way back when, I think it was like 2012 or 11 or somewhere around there. 12. Okay. Yeah. Boy. Um, and we yeah. just played. Yeah. We just played with. Yeah, people. we just play, we just play, played together with them. Hmm. Had a good time. There was no like uh, broadcast or anything behind that. And that's how I met Pyrian as well. Hmm. And obviously, you know, both of us being bald, we could discuss the trichologists quite a lot. And uh, <laughs> you know, we really bonded over that. And we started. Yeah, Pyrian, by the way, Pyrian's been begging to be on this show for a long time. <laughs> And you beat him to it. How does that? And you have not been wanting to come on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I declined like multiple times, <laughs> but uh, you kind of didn't get the message. <laughs> and then the guilt kind of kind of hit in. No, uh, yeah. So, Pyrian, yeah, we, we got on great, started playing Dota together all the time. And then he convinced me to start streaming. And at the time, I was like literally. I was on social welfare, you know, like a few hundred quid a, a month. And I ate very little and saved all my money and, and saved up to buy a PC that could stream. And then I started streaming from my garage in like this like shabby ass garage that was, I don't know, 2013, I think, somewhere around there. Okay. And then what happened from there? Um, I did this for six months. It was actually so much fun back then. Like, I don't know. The fact that people watch you play video games and like engage with you was so cool. And it still honestly amazes me to this. It sounds like very political with the way I'm going to say that, like very PR speak. <laughs> but uh, it actually, it, it was so awesome. You know, you have these people that show up every day. They come in, they, they play games. Actually, I, I miss it uh, to this point. But um, did that for six months, had built a small community and then... Pyrian went to Dream League Season 0, I believe. And when he was in Sweden, started playing with James and Scriff and all, all the, the boys from the Good Studio. And one day, um, I know, James, the Dream League Season 1 was starting the next day. And James just, like, texts me and goes, oh, do you want to be on Dream League? Um, and I'm like, like, Lamau. Um, <laughs> turns out he's, he's actually serious. And... He's like, yeah, here, I'll pay for your plane tickets. I'll do, every, I'll give you a place. I'll pay for your food and uh, you can be on Dream League. And I was like, all right, off we go. Um, like packed my shit, left the next morning. And then it's like all, all from that. I don't know. I've, I owe a lot to James, to be honest. He, he was a very, very good lad to me. That's Still a common is. narrative we hear from multiple people, I feel mm -hmm. like. James is like a, I wouldn't say he's like an unsung hero, right? Because people do know him and that he's a big part of the community, but maybe don't appreciate and understand just how much he's done for talent, players. 
Yeah. Um, there were like multiple teams that were struggling to find boot camps, and they would just boot camp at the good studio, right? For what multiple years, I think. Right? Red pandas, Cupad red pandas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there yeah, were other teams team. afterwards that just used it. I think Puppy boot camp at there a couple of times with some teams, and yeah, he's always been very accommodating and looking out to to try to help people. So that's. Yeah, he's, he's I didn't guy. know. I didn't know he was the one who gave you your first chance. That's really cool. But it's not yeah. surprising, to be honest. So. There was the, the funniest part is right. I told them, like, actually, maybe I imagined that I told them, but in my head, I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit, I can't even give a presentation on some, like, microorganisms <laughs> in front of, like, 20 people in a class. How the hell am I going to do this? And it was, you know, dude, it was so, so bad. I, like, I'm not even, like, I was sweating from head to toe. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm shaking. Were you using Every- camera at all during your streams? Like... Back yeah, then? but like, it was like a 420p thing. You could you could see like mm. an egg shape and you kind of assume <laughs> there's something there. And this was like, you know, I, I got in, I couldn't believe it. There's like this huge studio, like camera operating people. Like I've never seen anything like it in my life. And uh, I remember my microphone kept on falling off my head and I'm like, like shaking, trying to fix the thing and everything. Oh my God. <laughs> Absolute tragedy. Um, it was a lot of fun. And I think it took me a long time to get used to, but going from, you know, barely being able to speak in front of a small university audience Mm -hmm. to like knowing how many people are watching on stream. Yeah, it's funny. I I used to have the same issue in university, like public speaking. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Uh, And I think that's actually kind of common in general, especially for a lot of people that start out with their esports career if you will like just casual streaming i think whether you think so or not that probably helped you probably would have been even worse if you didn't have some of the streaming <laughs> it, couldn't, it couldn't have been worse i'm not telling it i remember you could have fainted actually Dude, maybe i, I was better. close i was genuinely close we were like picking it wasn't even it was like a pre-show for dream league where we talked we picked fantasy teams and i remember i was like first i was a misery fan at the time right like i was actually mm-hmm. a huge misery fan um he's a I fellow watched, bald boy now of course yeah, yeah true true we obviously integrated him through the trichologists uh we we set it up in a way that like everyone picks a player and then it's like a draft right and i couldn't even think of his name you know what i mean like i was <laughs> i was like completely like white it was it was something else <laughs> and then i think uh, bruno helped a lot actually he, he was like um he started he was, listing players until he hit yeah, misery. Well, yeah, no, he was like, you know, making jokes That's and making one. you feel relaxed. Yeah, and that, obviously what I still like about James to this day is in these situations, like the, the thing you need is someone to kind of like, like change your mind. And he would like slightly insult me. That would kind of make it relaxing, if you know what I mean. Like in a mm-hmm. very Yeah, I British get re- very relaxed like when people insult me. That's a very normal <laughs> reaction. <laughs> I think the it works in Dota every time. Yeah, <laughs> you really like the abuse. <laughs> Why do you think I do my job, bro? <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Okay, so you're at the good studio. Did you? I can't remember. Did you live there for a while? It was like a on and off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Dream Leagues back then used to be two shows a week for God knows how many weeks, like ten or or twelve. I would like stay there for one season maybe a few weeks more, go home, come back, you know, mm. in that kind of way. Like me and Scriff used to live in the garage. 
we we'd have like a our little cot beds you know like you in a i know a sick camp where there's a plague you have these like small white beds like that's what we had basically and it was perfect i was loving it you know what i mean i would no complaints okay so i don't know if this is jumping too much correct me if i'm wrong is that but keto no not keto <laughs> not no we're not there yet we're gonna save it, save it. yeah we're saving that <laughs> Uh, so from there to TI, I think the first thing, the first TI you did was the noob stream with me, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken. Not with you. It well, not, with, I mean, uh, well, yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah. we time, were part of the time. team. Yeah. I think it was seven or eight months after this, mm -hmm. um, that they were, we were doing the noob stream and basically it was me, Blitz and Perion, And that was like. I felt it all again. You know, I was I was able to kind of speak on Dream League at, at that point. And I went from that to absolutely shitting myself again. Um, mm. It was crazy cool experience. Like never been really to America, like that, that kind of stuff. Never been to Seattle. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. So and the noob stream, yeah. I mean, the noob stream one was pretty much a success, I would say, even though they didn't really... They brought it back in some form the next year oh. and then killed it off completely. Which TI was this again, the noob stream? Was four. It four? Four. Yeah, yeah. four yeah. Okay. I have a good story from that, actually. So me and Perion are taking the monorail back to the hotel after one of the days. Honestly, monorails are the greatest invention ever. I don't know why they're not everywhere. Um, and this, this guy comes up to us, and he's about, I don't know, 50, 60, something like that. And he said, um, Shane, um, my, my son has Down syndrome. And he, he the only thing he loves in this world is Dota. He plays Dota all day. He watches Dota. And when I watched the noob stream, I could connect with my son for the first time because I understood some more stuff from that. And when, when he said that, my, my, I was like, I don't give a shit if nobody else watches. Like mm. that, that's, me. Mm -hmm. that's me happy. And uh, that was like one of the coolest points, honestly, of, of the TI. It was awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. That uh, that TI is the first time I signed boobs, so I, I can totally relate to your story. Yeah, I, I uh, feel completely. like yours is way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Shannon was like, I don't care if anyone else is watching as long as you are. Uh, that's when I knew Nikki was a keeper because she's the one that took the picture. So, you know, it all works out in the end. Uh, <laughs> so TI, success, and then going from there, what happened? Because you were at, I don't know how many TIs you were at, actually. Two. I, I worked at two. I worked at TI6 on the panel. Um, like the main panel, which was, I'd say, different because previously I only worked with Shiver and James and the host at the time, I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to name any names, but um, had a different style, like a completely different style. And it was very strict. And like, I didn't know what to do. I'm going to be honest, like, you know, I, I, I was all up for the, the relaxing banter, you know, throw a question at someone, throw it back, play it cool and have a good time. And this wasn't that at all. You know, everyone mm. would have their one and a half minutes to, to speak on a topic and then the next person was, and it, it was like, no, like everyone has their style and it just didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it worked for the viewers. <laughs> I mean, I think well, like I, the yeah. scripted style is just not, it just doesn't this work. Was the ESPN like. year or was that TI5? It was, yeah. 
it was. That was the ESPN year. I think so, yeah. I oh, no. See. Was that four? That was four. I remember, I remember was there four. was one year where it was meant to be ESPN style and the community at large was like, this panel is way too stiff and way too quote unquote normal TV. No, no, that, that they, was four, I think. That was four? Four, okay. four or five, yeah. Because right. they, they added this panel and then a draft panel, I think, to, to mix it up and make it live, which mm. it did. It definitely, it definitely worked. It was just, you know, for me, it was a little hard because I never worked with the that person before. That was TI6? And, yeah, yeah. And uh, were you not at another TI after that? No. Well, you, you dodged that on TI7 because that would have been really awkward with the panels that they had. Holy shit. That's probably the worst panels of any TI easily. Just so cringy. I feel bad for right. Day 9 because I think he actually could have been oh, a good host one. if that one. they put people around him that worked better but i think that they i think valve learned a very valuable lesson at that ti uh, i think it was it was a good a good um try i don't know it's he, a good effort yeah great yeah, effort it, it was in fairness like so from ti to what how does that transition mm -hmm. to the... I believe you joined a very prestigious studio at some point. Right? <laughs> That's when it all went downhill. <laughs> you joined... Oh I can't remember their name. It was a really, really neat name, you know? Yeah. I, um, like Mooncuck yeah. or something like yeah, that. that <laughs> I was going to say, but I'm, I'm happy you did. Um, yeah. Joined that, whatever the fuck that was. Um <laughs> In, um, we went to galaxy battles together. Oh my god! Don't bring that one up. Don't, no. That is one of the worst. I mean, it was the best and worst experiences of my life. I think. I think Moonduck to me was like, I don't know, a fever dream concept of a company. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everyone came together, and they you guys had this like communist kind of vibe where everyone has a voice kind of thing like mm. hippie hippie thing yeah and then nothing ever worked you know we, we join this meeting there's like 12 people in it everyone's just angry at each other and then we just leave and it's like okay very <laughs> well, what's happening next? so valve learned lessons uh very valuable lessons at ti7 i learned very valuable lessons from moonduck and you can't have <laughs> you can't have a company where there's nobody just leading the charge you know yeah. So that that was a huge mistake on my part, I guess. Uh, and I, I was like a pleb in that company as well. Like you were all quote unquote shareholders. I don't know what shares of what you had. We still like, don't the, know the, to the, this the, day. The merch, the merch that got given away by for one dollar at TS. Shares of uh, shares of disappointment. Uh, we okay, got to hold okay. all of that. I, I I had my fair share of that as well, actually. Oh. So I don't think that was. Oh, congratulations! You're also a shareholder. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun, actually. I remember Captain's Draft. I don't think Shannon would find that fun, but um, that was... That Very was stressful, else. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, there's something I forgot in the meantime, actually. Hmm. I did these, um, like, local LAN parties. Oh, yeah. Um, the Ireland, right? Yeah, there was a guy called Alan. He was, like, the main guy with me. He was awesome. Um, shout out to Alan. And essentially, we would do... Um, we build these lands, a few hundred people, absolutely scuffed. Like, you know, when I'm running every element of the event with zero experience and, you know, I'm a caster, like casters don't understand anything, like literally whoa, nothing whoa, about esports. Um, hang on now. <laughs> I'm already true. being real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went in and like, 
it was a disaster, you know. But at the same time, it was so fun and lighthearted that no one gave a shit. You know, if people could play Dota and drink alcohol, they were fine. Um, yeah, like Shiva, Odie Pixel, Purian, Scriff, that they all came over and we had like a, you know, a professional talent lineup with, uh, you know, 300 euros worth of production uh, equipment. So it was, it was good. I think I lost a lot of money purely on the alcohol. Like the the rest was. It's <laughs> a pretty big expense, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, it was like by far the majority. Just trying to you know keep Shiva and own and everyone cast and giving them the. You know what's funny? Like I think back now because I went to a lot of scuffed lands as well back in the day, and it's kind of nostalgic because it it doesn't exist really. Like when's the last time you were at an actual just land? You know, isn't that yeah. weird that we're getting to that point where people are going to be growing up playing these games and. Never experiencing lands, unless they're pros now, I guess. It's kind of weird. It is a little weird, I guess. I think it was based on like internet speed, obviously, right? And yeah. then it just kind of slowly started to fade out a little bit. I know you still do it if you want to play on the highest level, I guess. You know, you, you play on LAN to experience that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I miss it too. I miss the like. Um, Miss the BO the more than anything, I think. Yeah, a good whiff of BO is always <laughs> lovely. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, so you tried to do. How many Ireland's were there? Weren't there two? Two, yeah. Or was it attempted two? I can't remember. No, it was attempted three. Okay. Um, we had a sponsor like agreed upon. Mm. Um, I wonder who that yeah. sponsor could be. Could it be. You can't see my oh, shirt right now. I'm wearing a special shirt that might be connected. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I can assume what shirt you're wearing. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, right. We, it's we, a Moonduck shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a like big plans. We we're going to do one in, in England, actually. Um, it was pretty exciting. Just, just fell through. And at that point, considering how much money I lost, like way more than I had, um, I was like, you know, this, it's been fun, but I, I can't do it anymore. I mm-hmm. want to like, you know, have money. That's my captain's draft experience. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about that one. That was, that was a funny one. Yeah. So while you're on Moonduck, uh, which I think you're still on Moonduck technically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's off of Moonduck right now. That company you can't is, escape. Uh, <laughs> uh you went to a lot of tournaments. I don't remember the order at all. I think Galaxy Battles was surely before Captain's Draft, though. So let's discuss Galaxy Battles and how special that was to you. <laughs> this might be the worst. No, no, no. WCA for me was the worst tournament I've ever been to, and it's not close. Galaxy Battles was really knocking on the door to become that. But luckily, when the tournament wasn't being a disaster, which was, I guess, just when it wasn't running, we had fun, at least, outside of that, right? I think, you know, like the fact that I did these Irelands and I, I loved it. And the fact that I loved working in Moondock shows that we don't like when things work well. Yeah. You, know, you like a challenge. Scuffed stuff is good. Yeah. And <laughs> and this one was like, we arrive on, on let's say, a Thursday, right? The, the event's made to start on a, on a Saturday. And all of a sudden, there's just like no teams. Like the teams just didn't show up. Like their 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 flights. Like I, I can't remember the exact reason. There was, was a tsunami. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a literal tsunami preventing them from coming. Yeah. 
And, you know, in fairness to the organizer at the time, um, tsunamis, it's a reasonable excuse. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you're going to have some some issues. So we just like had a day off and, and we went, uh, me and Jenkins went out <clears throat> drinking in the tsunami. You actually remember uh, Jenkins because I don't remember him during this period of my life at all. That's because you're extremely cold hearted and oh, this okay. like soft, warm yeah. vibe is all a lie. Um, yes, I have a very soft, warm vibe. You're right. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah. We went out partying, everything. And then the next day we go, we go to the venue and we're about to kick it off. Right. And there's like nobody in the audience. Like, I mean, nobody. Um, just to clarify this, if ESL ever is known in the audience, it's not my fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <you know, clears throat> Uh, moving on, uh, there's nobody, literally completely deserted. And, you know, we get halfway through the day. We're just doing our own thing. We're having fun on the panel. Like it was, it was a, like, you know, when it's really that bad that you just kind of go off the rails a little bit. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, halfway through the day, this like random act, which I don't think we even knew was happening, comes onto the stage and just starts, you know, singing. And while this is happening, the entire stadium fills up with like, <laughs> you know, seven, 17 to 25 year old girls. And like, there's, I don't know how many, like half a stadium full of these young girls that say for one or two songs and then just leave again. And like, we're all just like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Like, it was so I surreal. This. I feel like I missed out on it. No, nobody saw oh, There's a reason you didn't see it because during one of the days, halfway through the day, we uh, were told that none of it was being broadcast. <laughs> Like apparently they just forgot to broadcast it or I something. <laughs> it's like it was such a scuffed tournament. Yeah, it's in this fucking arena. Nobody shows up. And my God, it was. And the the funny thing is, like the staff. You remember the staff uh, for Galaxy Battles? Like there were like legitimately fifty helpers. Like it yeah, was yeah, egregious yeah. the the amount of people that were trying to help you. And that means nothing gets done because they just go to each other and. Try there's no, there's no actual chain of it's command the here. Moonduck setup. It's yeah, very similar to Moonduck, yeah. <laughs> Nobody does anything. Oh, that was that was quite something. But yeah, outside of the tournament itself, uh, I think during the finals, the stream went down for a good game or so, uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I I love this though. I don't know. Like it was so much fun to to work at these events. Like it wouldn't be fun if I was running the event. Yeah. But it was definitely fun to work as talent. Like it was just so relaxing, you know. I think, uh, very. I think I argued with Nahaz more than I ever had in my entire life. <laughs> really, arguing with Nahaz? I've never heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. I. He's always he's, he's fun to argue with. So because he's so easy to get all huff and puff, right? <laughs> he gets so upset so quick. I didn't even have any strong opinions. I was just like, all right, I, I, I disagree with that, and then he just. <laughs> Yeah, that's him in a nutshell, pretty much. Bless him, bless him. I actually, I got on pretty well with him. So. Uh, okay, any other tournaments that you wanted to talk? I mean, Captain's Draft, I don't know how much there is to say. Very well-run tournament, perfect, no extremely, issues. Extremely, extremely smooth. Um, yeah, that's right. I was, I, I did makeup. Uh, I was, I did a bit of IT. What do you mean, did makeup? I, what the fuck? I put, I put makeup on everyone. Really? <laughs> Yes, I was I a makeup know. artist. We didn't have a fucking makeup artist. <laughs> and I was the one doing it. Do you, do you remember anything? No. He um, thought it was Jenkins. 
<laughs> Wait, was Jenkins at that? No way, was Jenkins at that tournament? No, nah, I because I did the I invites and I didn't know he existed still at that point. So. Yeah, still unsure, still unsure. Yeah, yeah and then, uh, dude, we made all the chairs. Oh it yeah, we had grind. to put the chairs together. Oh ourselves. my god, it was a grind. Yeah, it was like literally only. You know, I'd say fifty percent of Moonlook was non like disappeared. I think Cinderin was probably like in a cafe. Yeah, he fucked off you somewhere. Know, yeah, yeah, drinking or you know, just general negligence as usual. What, what do you mean, Shannon? I we're talking about the one in Washington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I wasn't this something like where I you convinced me to go at what was it? I wasn't sure if I was going to go, and then you convinced me to go, and then you were like, "You're all you're going to do is work." Yeah, because I know you're worthless. I can't rely on you to do anything like manual labor to put together chairs. I, mean, I got Shane. He's a hard see, worker. That, I, that's also the thing. a shareholder. <laughs> as a chairholder, that event. We, uh, no, the reason that event was a succession. Imagine if I would have put the chairs together. We couldn't even have sat. Yeah, that's know? right. So you made the right call. I think that was, Thank that you. was a good move. I'm a good decision I remember that, that is the most stressed I've ever seen you in my life. That event. Was, and, and what you did was sit there and watch from the couch. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I, I genuinely, the way I remember it, I arrived and there was all this stuff going on. And I, like during the day, I would barely see Shannon because he was out doing like literally 10 different things in preparation for the event. And then when we did the talent work and we were on camera, he would sit down and just do his thing, obviously pretend there wasn't a fire backstage and then go back and fix whatever problems there were. But for all the, for all the stress that there was, I actually think it was a really good tournament for the audience. I think the people that were there absolutely fucking yeah, the, loved the it. ones that didn't so, freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really that wasn't really your fault. Though. You couldn't have done anything about that. Right? We had all the survivors sign an NDA. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, so the, for context, that event was in it was in um it was in a warehouse, right, or a hangar? A hangar, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a hangar, right? And it was in no, it was in January. In Washington, and it was like minus, I don't know. In it, was Celsius, probably minus 30? it was the coldest winter in like 30 years or something. It, it was like really ridiculous. fucking cold. And we're in this hangar, and whenever somebody enters and the door opens, it's like this cold <laughs> gust of air comes through the entire audience. So people were sitting there in like coats. And I remember I had this phenomenon happen to me. That is the only time in my life it's happened. And I was like a bit worried. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I got what's called a wind burn, which is where I would go to the bathroom and wash my hands, but there was no towels. <laughs> I would go back into the hangar with a wet hand and it would freeze over so my skin would actually start burning. Let me just repeat the earlier point. Everyone had a great time. Apart <laughs> from the wind burns. Oh, God. Oh, what a disaster some of it was. I wouldn't have been that without event, though. I, I have really good memories of it. Maybe it's because I didn't do all the administrative stuff. Maybe I think overall, like once it ended fun. and it was a huge relief, yeah. it was... Overall, it wasn't that bad. Like, I think a lot of the issues that we had were early on in the tournament, like in the group stage, which, you know, that's yeah. normal. I mean, the, compared to the two majors we had last year, like, holy shit, this was the best tournament ever. But uh, I think there was that one hour break where the computers just kept crashing over and over and over. And people had to fill, but it ended up being a memorable fill panel. So the filling was awesome. Yeah. yeah so it it, a lot of fun. the audience was really vibing with it. I it was salvaged. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It kind of has the element of the scuff thing that we talked about earlier. Right? Yeah. Like, I think when it goes that way, people just kind of engage with it easier. You know, it's it's more... Well, I think the the thing that we're good at 
when things when shit hits the fan, we can make fun of ourselves. Like at the like, look at the majors, the last two majors, not the last two. The uh, what was it? Easy. Lima, Lima, not ESL. <laughs> you know. Lima and uh, Bali. They had some disastrous moments, but they weren't really making fun of themselves. I know it's like an official major, and maybe there's like a line there, but at some point you gotta you gotta do something, you know. I think the bigger it gets, the the harder it gets. Like I, I think yeah, everyone that knows me pretty well. Like I, I don't mind insulting myself, but I still couldn't do it from a company perspective because like there's all these stakeholders, there's like sponsors, mm-hmm. and they might not take the joke that well. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like afraid of this, you know. That's why we so I, at Moondock are free. We have a lot <laughs> free of freedom. <laughs> free when you are when you are free like that, it's it's a bit like how it can be super endearing to watch uh, comedians when they, <clears throat> when they lose it, right, in improv, and they just start laughing at the act because it's so bizarre. Right? Mm-hmm. I personally love that shit because I've, I just, there's something, you know, it's kind of like fourth wall breaking when, when they kind of separate themselves from the act, but I think it's really, it's a very good way of connecting, like you said, with, with the audience, right? When Things are going wrong. You recognize they're going wrong. You're not playing at office, whatever. You're literally just like, all right, guys, this show is <laughs> fucked. Let's have a blast. You know, like, let's just have fun with something. And I, I think that's very easy for the audience to connect with because they're there, right? Whether you're watching the stream or you're there in the crowd, you know things are going wrong and you're, you're having fun with it. As long as you can do that, that's great, I think. It might have been the hypothermia, but I, I think they really enjoyed it. Like. <laughs> they did. <laughs> They were just clapping to stay warm, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. Okay, any other tournaments uh, that you wanted to discuss before we move on to a very special topic? Uh, I'm, I think that was the, they were the main funny ones, I think. Okay, so let's talk about your keto. So, oh, shit, here, it was oh, actually. Jesus, Jesus. Here, here's the interesting thing. Uh, I went on your Liquipedia, which I usually do for guest episodes, just to see if there's anything I've missed. I'm surprised you didn't delete it at this point. In the (laughs) trivia, this is what it says, okay? It has like a bullet point list of things about you. It states on the first line, Shane lives in Dublin, Ireland. False. It's currently false. Second line, Shane has a passion for burgers. Correct. Third line, Shane loves McDonald's cheeseburgers, but eats them without the bun. Why do you need two lines of trivia to say you like burgers? <laughs> is that and all there is? That's all there is. Yes, that's oh, it. <laughs> How fucking boring am I? <laughs> no, there, there was a fourth one, and I didn't even bother copy-pasting. I don't remember what it was. Okay, okay, okay. But holy shit, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all there is to know about me. We can wrap it up here, I think. Yeah, see, told you guys, most interesting topic of the day. So take us no, back so, to why you... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Syndrome, please. No, no, you you go ahead, Shannon. I was going to say something similar. So, Take us back to why you said. began keto, and do you have a um, photo to corroborate the story? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would have to ask my mom to take a picture of a photo to mm, send it. I see. But um, at one point, I was very, very into the gym, like unhealthy gym guy, to the point where I was like going every single morning and evening and like all sorts of stuff. And I got super, super fit. And then I ripped the muscles out of my left thumb. And they, my thumb was absolutely screwed for a year. Wait, how, did you, any how did you do that? Just working out? I was playing rugby. I played a lot of rugby. Ah. Yeah, I, I never went to school, but I would show up for rugby training at the end of school. Um, it was kind of weird. And the teachers were okay with it because I was good at rugby. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, standard school things. Um, yeah, so I, I couldn't do any exercise. And at the point I was eating like, you know, thousands of calories a day, like five, six thousand. And uh, obviously I exploded. You know what I mean? I, I got massive. Uh, I think I was like... 21, 22, I was, I'm inherently extremely like lazy as a person. You know, I, I will do, I'll try and think of the most efficient way to do everything just so I don't have to do as much work. And that's like the, why I like Dota, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Is that why you work for ESL and, as well, Jane? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I think, uh, honestly, it was like, I looked up 20, 30 different diets. I couldn't find anything. I was like, all right, whatever. I won't do this. And then eventually someone like I knew was on keto and I watched them eat like breakfast and I was like, that looks legit. You know, that's a good looking breakfast. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, I'm on this keto diet. And I was like, I'm in, you know, burgers, bacon, eggs, sausages. Yeah. Get me on, get me on board. So for, there's probably quite a few people in the audience who haven't heard about that diet before. What is it? What are the rules of the diet? Essentially eat under a certain amount of carbohydrates a day. So your body uses a different form of energy, which is fat, to, to give you energy, essentially. So how it, what's what's your limit? It depends. Lately, I, I tried to eat less meat, actually. I, so my Liquipedia is even more lying now than it has been <laughs> ever. So I, I don't know, like 30 grams of carbs a day, something like this. And I've done this for 12 years. It's kind of, it's almost gotten a bit ridiculous at this point. That is ridiculous, yes. Yeah. So... So for a lot of people, from my understanding with keto is it's exceptionally efficient at losing weight when you're obese and then it like tapers off in effectiveness, but it's still a good way of losing weight in general. When you reached, let's say a healthy weight, how come you didn't go off the diet? Were you just used to it? Were you having problems when you tried or did you just never try? I just loved burgers. (laughs) (laughs) Every fucking event, including galaxy battles, it's always McDonald's. Get me 20 patties of burger meat. Like, what What do you mean 20? Like, literally 20 patties, please. No bun. So, I don't know. I, I just like the simplicity of it. I don't know. I would eat the same meal. I think I eat, like, literally burgers every day for, like, four or five years. I, I don't know how I'm alive, 
Do you but, have deficiencies then? I'm like, no, no. I like all, all blood check, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm not, this is going into some sort of keto pitch here. But, um, <laughs> it's getting kind of sketch now. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's, let, let's wrap this one up. But no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I have deficiencies from gaming, actually. I, I have my Mental? nerves. Oh, okay. No, the nerves in my neck and back are absolutely screwed hmm. because I played, like when I used to stream, I would play like 16, 17 hours every single day of dota still absolutely trash but so, um during this 12 years back to the keto of course this is the most interesting of course, yeah, part the circle of <laughs> <laughs> new sponsor coming in today <laughs> uh what is the most carbs like have you cheated any days have you gotten sick from cheating no i've cheated accidentally uh like i don't know someone bought me a shot when i was drunk and it wasn't like say vodka and I drank it, and I was like, "Oh no!" And like that mm. was the limit of my cheating. But I've really never, so you haven't had cheated. a piece of cake. Like, okay, what was your favorite sweet? Let's say before you started this day, um, burgers. <laughs> I honestly, I'd say Lion Bar. Is that a thing? Oh in wow! Yeah. I mean, it yeah. not really a thing good. in the U.S., but yeah, I know what it is. That's pretty good. So you haven't had a candy bar, even a, like a bite, or have no. you had a bite? Because you're allowed to have a bite, surely. No, Thirty carbs, know. like how how good do you think you would be in a blind soda taste test about whether one was diet zero or a real? So my girlfriend didn't I believe say real me. sugar. She she did not believe me that I could tell the difference, right? Mm -hmm. So in Germany, there's a lot of hipsters here, right? There's full of hipsters. I live in in Cologne, and um, they have like twenty or thirty different types of Coke, all brewed in different areas, and she got the diet version, the non-diet version of, of like six different types of Cokes. So there's 12 in front of me and I don't even have to taste them. I can do it by smell and tell you what <laughs> brand it is and if it's sugar-free or not. Wow. Holy shit. Okay, this has to be... A, okay, you haven't been on camera for years. You have to make a, a cameo on yourself doing this. <laughs> yeah, event. that's true. The, the Shane, I, the Shane that, taste That would be test. a good could, This is segment. a really good sponsored segment there, Shane. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't so. know if I could do it with Monster, but uh, I'll try. Hashtag Brew, Monster actually. Gaming. Yeah. No, it's... The, the whole... Putting, like, I feel so weird. I would feel so awkward being on camera because it's like, you know, when you're talent, like at least somebody from the outside chooses you to go on camera. Like, so it's mm -hmm. not like... But if I did it, it's indirectly like my choice to do it. And that makes me feel really weird. Actually. Like Tarantino back in, putting himself in a movie as a camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back it's in like, my heyday, Shane, uh, I was in these terrific uh, little skits, part of DHL. I don't know if you've heard of these. Uh, no. And you were in those, actually, at many points. It's What's the difference? We, we couldn't uh, actually find anyone to be an actor. In the video. <laughs> We were extremely desperate. Oh, I see. Okay. And I'm, I'm a natural. Yeah, you, know you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like naturally. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any other questions, Cinder, about keto before we move on? <laughs> oh, no, was that yeah. our core topic, though? Like, I don't know if we move on, this is going to get grim. Now, the reason it's such a special topic is that I don't think I know anyone else in gaming that's on that diet in general. And you did it for so long because I've tried it myself well, for like two slacks, or three weeks, you know. Right? Slacks. Uh, but he has not been on it for like 12 years, right? No, it's been like it's two. Been on it. But you're right. Actually, Slacks, Slacks has been on it for like two years. Um, 
I have this impression that Slacks will not want to stay on keto forever either. It feels like for him, it's like a means um, to an end. Right? But I've also seen target, him cheat. Like but... he's okay cheating every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched him cheat uh, during Chaos, like on front of me. And I was like offended by that. Uh, you know what I mean? His, like, his diet, just context here. It's important. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, probably in best. front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to that chick, right? Like I, I didn't want this as a kink shame kind of. At, at my uh, at my bachelor party, he finally had Hagen. That was and and uh, Totino's pizza rolls. He went ham on the cheating. Oh shit! On his keto diet, then. So, I, I, like, as the host of this show, can we move on to another topic? <laughs> <laughs> Like, everyone's already left anyway. Hey, we, might some, we have two hosts. Sindarin is the co-host here. Somebody steers this shit really in the right direction. It. All right, so final topic. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be the final, final topic, but your ESL gig. How'd you get it? How's it going? You can pitch us ESL ideas, you know. Sure. Um, Brainwash us. So uh, I've been trying for years. Um, essentially... I was like still doing some talent work, like doing, it was, it was chill. It was, it was good. But after a certain point, I, I got pretty bored. Like you kind of just show up and you can put effort into research and you can do this or you don't. And it very rarely makes a difference. Like in, in, a lot of talent do now, to be honest, put Not more me. research in. Yep. I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> You're on the list. Uh, <laughs> And basically, I just I didn't feel like I was learning anything. I also wasn't very good to be, to be fully like honest. I was not the best talent when it came to this. I wasn't like tier one. I so like you, Shane. Oh well, I think you should come back. I, I, I don't want your pity right now. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's too late for pity. that. It's not pity. I want your soda testing. <laughs> he, uh, he's trying to I use have. you for your. <laughs> your taste buds every, every event i just do it with different different drinks it's like <laughs> that, then i just leave <laughs> no i, I imagine I just, opening gi dude i'd be pretty hyped in the audience honestly but <laughs> Just Cinderin and Shannon going fucking nuts. Yeah, I, would, I would fucking cast this man. That's great. This is a this is a great idea. Oh, they're gonna give him a yeah, diet coke. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know, of course, what it's gonna be. It's diet. It's diet. <laughs> Nails it again. Um, so anyway, back to yeah, ESL, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then then I was also like, I don't know. I wanted some more stability, a little bit. You know, like some months you earn money and quite a lot of money as a talent. Some months you might not earn so much, and it kind of fluctuated. And then we did this uh, Red Bull event, Red Bull Battlegrounds event. Gaming in, uh, Battlegrounds? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. It was a bit of a, it was a complete disaster, honestly. And it was with DSL. Um, hopefully, none of the people that were worked on it still work with me today because uh, they'll be mad at this. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a disaster. It was really all over the place. And... I kind of randomly took it upon myself to try and fix it. You know, I ran some very successful Ireland's in the past, so I you know, <laughs> knew what I was doing. Uh, I'm a bit I of a tournament in. organizer myself. <laughs> <laughs> I dabble in tournament organizing. Anyway, uh, tried to help them out. We did okay. I'd say we salvaged it to some description. Met some ESL people there. And 
then fast forward a few months later, I'm like, fuck it. I, I log into LinkedIn. I think I made a LinkedIn account. Oh, wow. I know when, when you make a LinkedIn account, you that, know. That's you desperation know right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're, you're sweating. So I make that text to one of the boys at, um, at ESL. I say, yo, any chance, like random, random chance that uh, you have some sort of job. I could wing whatever. I can learn it. And he's like, oh, we do actually have a... We have the show um, that we don't have a host for. And as a part of that, we could make you a full-time contractor and you could do some like social media stuff on the side. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Um, go over and basically, I'm like the host of this weekly show. We find pros for the future. So we go into like try and the concept is that you try and find someone who's completely unknown, um, no, has zero fans, just a pub player. And identify them as a potential talent for the future. Not many people watch the show. But the first person I got on my show was Topson. Uh, <laughs> the very oh, first guest. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. And uh, fast forward eight months later, and he won TI, which was kind of kind of cool. I was part of that one. Little, yeah, little, you're, you're a big part of that. A little flex there, yeah. It was all me. I, I built up his confidence. <laughs> we had a lot of discussions about like his play and stuff. You know, give some pointers. <laughs> we told and him then, to try keto and his MMRs. I, I said, yeah, try keto, ban lichen. You're grand. <laughs> uh, yeah, did that um, for a while. Then I don't know. I just really liked making content. I I just loved it. You know, it was so fun to make people happy and and see people react in a positive way to yourself or even a negative way if they think it's shit and we would start we start building content for social media started making some dhl stuff with slacks actually back then as well that, that was that was good times like really good times um yeah from there basically we we i started moved into counter-strike a little bit like did counter-strike dota and a few other games and i would lead the content and the marketing for that kind of stuff. That was like about two years ago or so. And then I, just before the Stockholm major, I started getting more involved again in Dota, like from a organizational point of view. And an opportunity came and I was like, let's go. Um, I've always, you know, Dota's been the game for me. So why not try your be my best to make ESL Dota great again? And, uh, I'd say for better or for worse, we've been, we've been doing pretty all right. It's harder than you think, I th I'd say, to like steer such a large ship. You know, it's a lot of employees. There's a lot of people involved. A lot of people have their own agenda, their own thing, and all of them want the best. But to try and get them all going the right direction, it's hard. But it's, what, what's uh, your actual job title right now? Director of Game Ecosystems Dota 2. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Like on a business I, I, card, that's that's a lot. That's a mouthful. That's Shane. something we're yeah. writing a fucking moon duck card. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a... Did you create your own title? Why don't you call yourself Emperor of Dota Two ESL? Yeah, well, I wanted to go with Commander, but it wasn't allowed. So, yeah. what are uh, yeah? What are some of the other stuff you've worked on with ESL, like the events that you've been um, more involved in? I guess from a content side of things, like. Before 2019, most like skits and content pieces on Counter-Strike and Dota. We only started actually making skits in Dota recently. Um, and we want to like try and push that more. But um, yeah, I'm from a, 
like I guess leader point of view in the product department after Stockholm, every event I've been involved in to some description. So what do you mean when you say skits more specifically? Um, like something that's like tailor made to tell a joke, you know, with that has actors in it and that are telling a narrative rather than just like an interview question or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, a, a fictional situation where it has a funny result that has editing essentially. Mm-hmm. And that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And now I look at Google Sheets all day. Yeah, um, sounds like fun. And make PowerPoint presentations. You can turn, that's an eSport technically, the spreadsheets. Right? <laughs> Dude, that is the sickest shit ever. I don't know if, if any of you guys haven't watched the XL World Championships, it is so hype. <laughs> <laughs> I watched about like, uh, two minutes and that's all I could get through, I think. I, I don't know. I just love how excited they are. About yeah, they are excited. Like, and it's like, it's that's what people think about Dota. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love how excited they are about it. So what would you say is the thing that has been most surprisingly easy and most surprisingly difficult about progressing inside of ESL, like the position you're in now? What, what came really naturally to you and what was something you really had to work on? So when I joined ESL, I didn't know how to reply all to an email. <laughs> Um, okay, <laughs> that was the hardest part. And once you overcame that, no, no, like I knew, I just said that as like the baseline for for, <laughs> for for where I came in at. It was weeks. I mean, like maybe even months. And like people are like actively telling me to do and reminding me. I'm just literally pressing the same button, whacking out the email. All good. But honestly, the on a on a personal level, like I get on with most people. I'm a pretty straight shooter. I try and be as honest as I can with everyone and um, it was easy in a like social environment you know to because everyone's kind of just a nerd too like the company Mm -hmm. is literally just filled with people that played a lot of games and really fucking love games so when it comes to getting on with them it was it was like natural you know it's Mm -hmm. it's funny you can there's almost like some you know, you have your StarCraft players and they're kind of a certain way. If your Dota players are a certain way, the Counter-Strike players obviously is the coolest. You know, they're always like <laughs> hanging out and looking cool and stuff. And it's it's really nice because you can like connect with people automatically. Whereas in a like a normal company or like I, I, I did some random jobs back in the day and you go into work and you can't really connect with them on anything apart from work. But in this in mm-hmm. ESL, you can just talk about games, you know, yeah. like, and it's just an easy, easy connection, especially when you go to events that, you know, these events are long and they're, the hours are crazy and you just kind of build, build bonds there. I'd say the hardest part for me was, um, like trying to understand that everyone has the right intentions, but sometimes their actions, like dealing with like conflict and this kind of stuff, you know, everything doesn't always work well. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't always work perfectly. And trying to be, you know, like mature and 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 calm on understanding that other people are are genuinely trying their best. They just don't see it the same way you do. And this was hard for me. You know, like it's like in Dota, when you're when you're struggling in Dota or something's going wrong, mm-hmm. you have the tendency to blame other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I I'm not even kidding. I, I think Dota Teach, taught me a lot about how to act 
what to do. You know, it taught me communication, trying to calm crazy people down on my team. It taught me efficiencies, always looking for the right farming pattern. Yeah, it could. It I think Dota can do a couple things, right? It, there's two ends of the spectrum. It can, uh, it can teach you patience, which is what you're talking about, or it can teach yeah. you alcoholism, which is the other end of the spectrum, yeah. right? Where you're just a rageaholic or something. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, no in between. No, there's yeah, no in between. You're true. No, no. <laughs> Uh, so w which uh is it fair to say do, do you feel like you're naturally a leadership type and if no like if because i'm assuming you're you're in a lot of positions in this company where you eventually have to you know make a decision that involves a lot of people and influences what they work on what's your what's your leadership style is it like a mediator style are you very determined when you have an idea that this is how we're <laughs> going to do it or what's your i think if you ask different people this question they probably give you different answers um yeah, well then what do you think yourself? I'd say I know what I want, but I've mm -hmm. kind of learned over time that it's always not the best to just kind of try and micromanage everything. I try and let people make their own mistakes and grow. But um, sometimes you need to jump in when, when shit's burning. You know, it, mm -hmm. is, it is what it is. But in, in general, I try, at least try to be the more hands-off, like talk to the person about it afterwards bring it up later kind of dude i wouldn't say i'm a natural leader um i don't know many people that are honestly but i try and i'm open to criticism and like i you know i was half memeing earlier when i told people to tweet at me but like i kind of like when people tweet at it like flamer tournaments and give us criticism i'm not even like you need That's a someone. good title for the broadcast here, Shannon. <laughs> this is the episode. ESL <laughs> loves when you flame the shit out of them. Well, you need someone to keep you in check, right? Like, and if, if mm. you don't listen, like all feedback is gen it's come from somewhere. It might not be directly what they're saying, but it's it has a, a root source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's that's what I try and do anyway. Like, as much as possible, like listen and understand what people are saying and why they're saying it. I don't know. We'll see. Let, let me know in a year, you know, how it goes. So, okay. So, final question about this from me, ESL related. Since you got into the position that you're in now, Emperor or whatever it was called. Commander. Uh, what's, the, what's the thing you have done since entering that position that you're most proud of yourself? Where you were like, I made this decision and I absolutely loved how this turned out because I pulled through on this. I think building this ESL Pro Tour to where it is now, building something like outside the DBC. Like back then I I, I thought it would be hard, but I mm -hmm. didn't realize how hard. Um, I think there's a lot of people in the company that really like pulled their weight to make it happen. And it's, it's something I'm pretty proud of, honestly. I think bringing Dream League back to the original format that you know we were talking about the scuffed stuff that we like that's you know this is where i made my my start this was my my entry into esports and i loved it back then so i tried to at least emulate it a little bit and, mm -hmm. and bring it back to where it was because it was definitely going the wrong direction right I, it's meant to be fun it's meant to be a laugh you're meant to have a like a vibe that is enjoyable you just want to watch it and like listen to the anecdotes and the the talent chat about it so i'm happy we got it going that direction again you know it's the two main ones
And what about uh, for the future of ESL? Is there anything you want to leak? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. What, really. what events coming up that you're excited about? The Birmingham. Dude, this, this event is actually so hype. Um, the audience is like, it's, I, I've been to IEM Sydney, and that was the only comparable event. I think English people, Australian people are kind of similar. You know, they're loud. They like making up fun chants. They like shoeies. Yeah, they like shoeies, primarily in <laughs> Australia. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's just fun. I don't know. That, that event's always hype. And I'm, I'm happy we could set it up to happen again. How many events has Dota 2 had in the UK? Was it only mm. Ireland and the last Birmingham? Is there any, oh, anything else? No, there's been a lot more. There, like I series, but smaller ones, right? M much smaller ones. Oh, I series. That's many years ago, though. Yeah, I'm right. showing my age a little bit here. Um, you split like Counter Strike at it. Um, mm. I series. There was Epic Land. There was Ireland, and there's Dublin now, which is the the mm. predecessor. But yeah, in terms of magnitude, Birmingham is something special, of course. Yeah, I think if you go into other esports, there's like Rocket League. There's a few mm -hmm. other things that happen there as well. It's funny how... That's another thing that I learned when I came to ESL, like how isolated Dota is really from, mm -hmm. from other games. You know, we live in our own little world where we think a certain way, believe certain things, and yep. it's just totally different in in other esports like there there's less memes there's i don't know more tiktok dances you know it, it, it's <laughs> it's it's just they're all so different all the all the esports like ecosystems that's so why when these like traditional sports people come into the industry and they think they have it figured out like first of all taking something from traditional sports isn't going to necessarily necessarily like owl owl is like a perfect example of this right where it just doesn't work the same way. And then you go to another game and it that might actually work. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just yeah, yeah, they're yeah. drastically different. It's so weird. It's, uh, it's it's like some I don't know. You know, when you go to the Amazon to study tribes, it's it's like kind of similar to that, right? Like where we're just in our own little part of the rainforest all screaming at each other and going mad breaking our <laughs> items and like you know if you looked at this from the outside you'd be like what the fuck are these guys doing you know <laughs> these guys are animals yeah, yeah that's true yeah. um so you have the event coming up in birmingham what decides where the events go like how does the process of venue selection oh. work with country with city with arena all of that stuff how does that start essentially i think for the main thing for me is I want like a hype event with a hype audience and mm -hmm. full, full arena. Um, that's what we look at first. Like we look at viewership numbers, we look at interest of the country and that's like the primary driving factor. Um, sadly, it's very hard to get venues at the moment. So I wouldn't always say like Birmingham was our first choice, but I wouldn't always say historically that that's been the case. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to go somewhere, doesn't work out. You go to number two on the list. And what number is Phoenix on your list, Shane? It's it's just <laughs> after Dublin, actually. <laughs> so seven hundred ninety second. No, no, I I actually don't know. I haven't I haven't really 
looked into Phoenix, I'm afraid. You should. It would be really convenient no. for me. That would be so funny if you had one in Phoenix and you did not invite me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be in great. The, arena, the basketball arena. The, the... Oh, the Suns arena. Oh, yeah. yeah, mm. yeah. So there's, there's also like other elements that I think it's very hard. So you need a lot of specifications for a venue. There isn't that many venues in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think people underestimate how difficult it is to find something that's a has good infrastructure, you know, good internet, good power. B is accessible, you know, so people like can actually get to the event. And C has a roof. <laughs> right. Um, it sounds simple, but in every major city, there's maybe, you know, one or two. And if you're lucky, more. And in the cities where, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is make cool events, but also make them sustainable so we can do them for the next 25 years mm-hmm. when Shannon is actually an old man and doesn't have to put on the voice. That's right. Uh, so like that would, that's my like two things that I'm trying to balance. And have think, you, have you tried to open your mind, Shane, for a second here? Okay. Have you considered <laughs> when you using speak, automatically closed, <laughs> yeah, have you considered a smaller venue? Like, is it worth it to do it in a smaller venue? Some, something like a Benaroya, for example, right? So it seats like what a few hundred people. Obviously, it's being annoying to like fly people down. Like, is it actually that big of a difference, like revenue wise, or like yeah. from a company standpoint, to do it in a bigger arena? I think you always want to like give as many people seats that want to go. You know, you have to kind of lead that fine line between either or and at the same time like i don't know if i'm i don't want to show up if i if i sponsored a an esl event and i'm I, like i show up to the event i don't want to see like a hundred people in like office chairs just sitting there and be like mm. oh i paid money for this you know there there is a, a level of expectation which is completely reasonable from from the partners to to have a sick event so we always go for the sick event um there, it's it's a tough one though, because yeah, I know what you're saying. Like I really like that style as well, but it's just not the that's for someone else now, right? Like now mm. there's ESL's the too big, huh? Too big for their britches. It's it's a it's a bit it's a bit like that. I will, but it's more like I need someone else to make moon look. Like that's my dream for like yeah. someone <laughs> someone else to create someone else this. ruin their life making that company yeah that's a good idea dude it's fucking fun it is actually fun it's it's maybe not the best business decision <laughs> but but Dota's like thrived on this i think you always need like a balance right and like dream league is more in the chill vibes but i'd love to see someone else come in with a more like you know beyond the summit that was like the coolest content honestly i loved watching the summits you see i don't know puppy and no tail on the couch chatting to each other about life mentioning dota and you need that balance and i think i really hope that this year opens that up yeah it's, okay that's a good segue because that's the topic i wanted to end on the dpc uh, i guess first start with uh what you thought of like the previous iteration and then now that we're in this different version how that's going to work for you guys and how you like it overall Mm. pretty loaded question in a way but uh <laughs> i i would say the previous dbc was like the dbc in general i like the concept a lot you know you you have tier two scene supported you have tier one scene supported and they all lead to somewhere i think it was just hard for people um when you're like 
and then this is kind of what Valve said in in their blog, when you have constraints and restrictions on format, on timings, on on a lot of areas, it's very hard to do anything innovative. And you kind of just follow the formula. And that got boring from my point of view. And I think everyone, including Valve, noticed this. So I'm kind of happy that they decided to go for the wild, wild west of Dota again. Oh, yeah. Good old days. You know, like we've mentioned like 20 times on this this call already. And chaos breeds innovation. And I think it's hopefully we see we see some some more chaos uh, like do you think this new uh, format is going to, I mean, we've already seen some of it already, but it's going to benefit the third party tournaments. Do you think that there's any, like, what's the downside to this type of format? I think when there's quote unquote free time, everyone just kind of goes for it. Like yeah, it's like a gold wise. rush. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be crazy and like, if you want it as a pro player, I think you could play, like, all the time. You know what I mean? For the next mm-hmm. 12 months straight, nearly. Um, that's dangerous. And I hope that teams, you know, look after themselves and don't, you, you know, you don't have to play in every tournament. It's very hard to, to say that because, obviously, they want, when they're good, they want to, you know, maintain their streak. I'd say that's the biggest downside. Um, what else? I, I guess I can, if you're not completely sure, I guess I guess I can do a follow-up question. With the current format and the way things are set up, how do you think Valve should invite for TI? Because no. they didn't announce I anything. I think they we should use the ESL Pro Tour as okay. the main <laughs> <laughs> Of course, yeah, makes sense. Uh, what do you think? So do you think currently, and what they did in the past, it seems like they're just keeping their, they're holding their cards close. They'll eventually at some point just do this hype announcement with in a week the teams will be announced and the teams themselves don't even know if they're invited do you think that's good it's probably really good for the audience because it's exciting right do you think it's fair um and if it was if you were in their shoes what would you do Mm, i would build a system around all tournaments throughout the year okay and if if you want keep it private and i think that's probably what they're doing i have no Mm -hmm. insider information on this actually but I would imagine that would be the goal, right? You, you award a certain amount of points to every t- tournament, depending on prize pool, mm-hmm. duration, format, whatever it might be. And then... like So essentially an invisible DPC kind of. Yeah. Which yeah. is what it uh-huh. used to be, right? Right. I think that would make the most sense. Do you, do you agree with the logic of assigning more value to recency? So if you win a tournament that's big two months before TI, that gives more quote-unquote invite points than one ten months before? Do you think that's... Have you, have you, like, it's very funny. We tried to, with our, so our previous season of the ESL mm-hmm. Pro Tour, we had this, like, invite system that had region strength. It was because mm-hmm. we didn't have any time to run qualifiers, and I wanted a system that, we all, we all did. We all wanted a system that was uh, fair, Mm-hmm. and unbiased that had a, a certain structure behind it and uh, nobody understood anything so <laughs> everyone like it was it was super complex because we tried to be so transparent and i i kind of think Vav probably are thinking the same thing they looked at us and they were like we're not doing the same thing these idiots did we will we'll, <laughs> we'll just invite uh, based on our own system which we won't you know document no idea though mm-hmm. and sorry that wasn't your 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 question 
And my question was basically, what would you do? Like, do you, would you, in their position, would do the same thing? Do you think the invisibility is the best? I think if you want to maintain an unbiased, like, angle for yourself, which I, you know, it seems like that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. I think it's the only thing you can do because if you start giving like publicly giving points to systems you create a world where it's unfair for others and it's harder for people to get in it's favoritism to tournaments as well because those are the teams exactly. that are going to say yes to those tournaments ahead of time and then it becomes a, a battle for i don't know duration prize pool whatever the mechanics might be behind it mm -hmm. and it explodes i think you know all of a sudden you're, you're joining the esl tournament that's nine weeks long and um you know 12 hours a day that's a joke by the way <laughs> beautiful thank you all yeah, right I, it's a tough one but i think that's the correct way to go center do you have any other questions for shane or shane do you have any topics you want to discuss um, um what's your favorite food that you discovered on keto that wasn't burgers mm. a serious uh, question yeah back to zucchini noodles huh. zucchini bolognese okay huh Okay. I, I just have a, have a question. I'm surprised how seriously you took that, the question. I was like, Shannon's going to well, lose this shit. Yeah, we, it's we, like, I oh, good huh? question. I thought if I answered quickly, we could move on. I was clearly proven <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, we just circled back to the most important topic, of course. Yeah. What about the Manscaped thing? Are, we not, are you guys not sponsored by this anymore? Uh, not really not right now, no. Oh, Jesus. They I, haven't I was renewed. hoping for some free samples. That was like the only reason <laughs> I joined. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm sure we can hook you up. <laughs> you did say uh, at the beginning that people could tweet at you to yeah, sure. give feedback. I, I would like to not ask a question or I, I'd like to issue a complaint live on this not podcast. Wrong. Now, unfortunately, uh, just so the audience knows, Cinderin and Shane cannot see me right now because uh, I had a little bit of ghetto set up here, but whatever. Uh, but behind me, you've seen my stream. You're an avid Suns fan stream watcher. There's an ESL1 trophy. Correct. It's glorious. ESL1 Genting, which, of course, Digital Chaos took. Uh, and I was not there, but I did take the trophy eventually. But why has ESL changed the trophy? It's worse. Way worse uh, now, Shane. Get your shit together. This is top <laughs> priority. <laughs> you know, the first time I saw the, the trophy, like, full transparency, I, I didn't like it. Um, and it's kind of grown on me and uh, I actually have come to like it. And the issue with your complaints, Shannon, is you actually <laughs> give like 20, you're the, you're the biggest moaner. There, there was actually yes. a time where we were filming one of these DHL things. Shannon and me are sitting there. We're drinking our Coke Zero. You should get them as a sponsor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And we're chilling and Shannon's like, it's very cold in here. And the window is like, like 30 centimeters away from him, just wide open. <laughs> And I'm like, like what? what do you mean it's very, just fucking close the window. And he's like, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm talented. <laughs> that, that, that is what I'm dealing with here. So when you say anything, it's automatically degraded like, like 40 points. Cinderin, <laughs> do you have any actual complaints? Uh, I don't actually remember this. You see I'm drinking a Coke Zero. <laughs> the Coke Zeros <laughs> are never cold, Eddie. <laughs> Well, I was actually, I was going to follow up on the trophy thing in a different direction because we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. Um, what do you think about the idea of celebrating top three a bit more at events instead mm. of crowning the champions? Because there was this discussion, should we I have saw a salary, right? podium ceremony with top three where they get medals and 
so that the tournaments aren't only about the winners, but also it's it's a great achievement at a major tournament to get top three. It's very difficult, but in terms of the amount of attention you get for a third and a second place compared to the difficulty, maybe it's a bit off. What do you think about that? I think historically in Dota, people didn't really care about most tournaments, like the teams. Mm-hmm. Like there was a point where TI was a hundred times the prize pool of any other tournament. Right. As it's pretty hard to care. You know, like 400,000 euros is obviously a lot of money and it is a lot of money to most people. But when you play for 400,000 and then next week you pay for 40 million, it's it's a little hard to to kind of balance that. I think Dota's it's obviously changing. And I think for better or for worse, like whatever you think about the prize pools getting smaller, et cetera, it's the right way to go. You know, like it really, really is because it makes tournaments matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that like instead of creating this vacuum of engagement for the Dota community around TI, all other tournaments become important, r- like relatively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this means that maybe uh, a ceremony like yours is is awesome. But if we tried that, you know, before I did this job, like say five years ago, the fucking third place team wouldn't even show up. The second place team be already gone. You know, they, they just mm. wouldn't care. Well, I think there's another aspect too. I think to, to make this work, it would have to work from a production standpoint. Like they'd have to make it entertaining to watch mm-hmm. this. But when the team wins, typically what happens, like imagine TI where the winner doesn't go and pick up the ages right away. That's actually very awkward. Like, oh wait, we need to give out medals all of a sudden during this. Like, I think these... These uh, ceremonies, if you want to call it, they can get pretty cringy. Like, I, think I think Dota has actually come a long way because it used to be really bad with the it's, trophy it's, celebration. I, dude, I remember so many times during Dream League where we couldn't use, like, players couldn't open champagne. <laughs> yeah, I can't you know do that I mean? either. I can't blame them. Dude, it, it would happen every time. And then you just have this, like, weird camera angle of, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so, oh, Jesus, trying to open the bottle. And, like, you know, the, 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 panel is just trying to talk over it like nothing's happening but everyone's fucking watching and judging um it's 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 surprisingly hard and i think you know you talked earlier about like other tournaments that happened last year and the other majors and stuff and it's it's kind of like i i don't think esl events are perfect like don't get me wrong i I see all the flaws Uh, i'd say i'm pretty hard to work with in in that regard because i struggle to accept success if you know what i mean i'm I'm always looking for ways to improve but the way these events work is off the back of like multiple individuals that just are like really really good and they carry everyone and like level up everyone else basically and there's you know maybe 20 30 of them at every event and then the rest of the people are maybe newer or don't have as much experience whatever it is and if you don't have these people the event struggles really hard you you want like we have this one uh, Polish lad called Lukasz who just like fixes things. You know what I mean? Like he, he just walks around the place just fixing things. And you need these individuals. And one of these individuals is like the stage manager. And Ollie is our, is our guy for most events. And he just knows what to do. He knows how to deal with players. He knows how to tell them where to go. And he gets it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the, the people with this experience, it's actually very hard. And uh, like, dude, we, we've messed up a few, uh, a few as well, obviously. And you need that kind of level of experience on the ground. You also kind of need to know what to do and you need to make the mistakes. Like, dude, ESL has been around for 20 years. Like there's every, a lot of people in this company have made a lot of mistakes and they've learned from them. 
And through all of these learnings, we've got to where we are today. It's not because of me. It's like everyone has, you know, made a lot of mistakes and have learned from them. And essentially, you know, we build all these things. Like we know how long the catwalk should be, as or as long as it, uh, as short as it can be, because players need to like relax after they stand up after the game. They need to like feel the audience. They need to like. There's a lot of theory gone into it, and I think we're always still trying to improve these things, but. It is hard, like, and it's easy to flame the the other tournament organizers. But if you don't, like, I, I went to the Lima Major. I didn't go to Bali, sadly, but uh, I went to the Lima one, and I, I see the same passion and interest to make shit awesome as I as I do in in ESL. They just don't have. They haven't made enough mistakes, and I, I think that's maybe to go back. I'm circling back again to the flaws in the system. When there isn't enough space to run tournaments, it was either you run a major. Or you don't run a LAN event, almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And you you kind of have to give them a break because like it's not easy. Dude, I failed with Ireland. That was 300 people. You know what I mean? And that was my first event. These guys are going to struggle. And I think you have to kind of give people breaks. I know in one way, they don't. You, people think they don't deserve it or, or whatever it might be. But if you don't give them the breaks, you know, they, they, they won't come back. And yeah, these are the kind point. of people you you want. You want the passionate people who really, really love Dota mm-hmm. and want to like they're working twenty hours a day to make this shit happen. And the result might not be good, but when you're there on the ground, you can see the the the, the passion. It was a bit of a rant. No, no I've never heard that I, perspective. Actually, that was really good. Yeah, I think the the perspective that a lot of people have when they see a flawed production with as many flaws as some of these have had is that they should not have been given this big of an event in the first place. Like they could have definitely, this is something you could build yourself up towards. But like you said, how would you do that in an environment where you don't even get to make step number one? It's either you takes you jump straight up the ladder to the top or you can't do anything, right? So it's kind of, they kind of just went for it and took the risk with everything it entailed and that's obviously really admirable but also stupidly difficult so it's it's even deeper than that i'd say like it's in dota it's it's top heavy right like the the tier one teams get viewership mm-hmm. when you go down to tier two tier three it's pretty hard to to garner any viewers and to run an event like this is fucking expensive and to achieve the sponsors you need you need to guarantee a certain amount of viewership thus you need the the best teams mm-hmm and in that period of time when the DPC was happening, there wasn't the opportunity for that, right? Like teams would just say no. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's a challenge for a team because they want to focus on, on the DPC and they want, to, they, want to, they want to practice for that. So they don't want to go to, say, South America, to Lima to do a, an event. And uh, yeah, it, it was, it's, it's hard. And I think I've kind of got a, obviously a different perspective to, to everyone because, you know, I've, I've been there. I, like I... I've been in the in the shit, and it's uh, like it's it's kind of difficult because I know how much they care and I know how much they're trying. It's not like a, you know, I, for example, the I'll just focus on the Lima major because that was the one I was at. These guys are not like millionaires trying to make a quick buck. You know what I mean? They're Dota guys that just mm-hmm. want to make a cool thing for Lima, mm-hmm. and it's it's a. Uh, yeah, back when we got the minor, they were giving them out like candy, right? It was a part of yeah. the official DPC. Yeah, they, gave you, like. they gave one to me for some <laughs> reason. They gave one. They gave two to GESC, who still never paid anybody. Apparently, that is not something Valve's gonna <laughs> remedy. 
which is weird, but yeah, and that, that's a really good point. They just didn't have opportunity to actually do anything other than a major, really. And who would turn down a major, right? That's a really good opportunity. So when are we bringing it back? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's really well, good. Really I mean, now that Slacks wants to do Midas mode again, you know? Oh. Yeah, he's all professional these days now. That's well, true. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that Midas mode might not be scuffed enough for my taste, you know? <laughs> Too professional we, these days. We need to go as guests and just start unplugging shit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's not a old, trip. His, what were his ads in Midas mode? The ones with the, was oh the, the my vape, God. The, vape the, the piss, vape the alien piss or whatever. Oh. Called alien. oh my God. That is probably the most, that is <laughs> the most Undertale bizarre the, fucking ad I have ever seen. In with the Euro beat in the background, right? Like, you know, that was like, oh, the guy flashing art on screen, cars driving through. You know what the best part was? right I, for if you haven't seen this by the way you should like youtube midas mode what is a vape piss or what, what was the name of the company alien piss no alien no piss. i don't know what the name of the company is but yeah alien piss is what people remember but basically it was genius because we, we sold the sponsorship for like nothing i'm pretty sure like very little money but they sponsored the pause screen and in Midas mode that like it obviously uh. <laughs> like it was it was so scuffed that we'd have pauses like four times a game yeah. and it'd just be like all the time. Yeah, he had to make different versions so it wouldn't get too repetitive. And like Slacks used to edit in uh, Movie Maker or when, like what was it? Yeah, it was Windows, like the basic yeah, editing he, software. I cannot believe he used that for so long. And you like in the middle of like pauses, he's just like panic, like editing. To, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Uh, fucking Slacks. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Midas mode, I guess, but I'm glad we caught that. True. Good times, good times, buddy. Okay, uh, I think that brings us to the end of this guest episode with the great shane omad we appreciate you coming by uh even though it took you probably a year and a half to finally come through and show up cyborg matt has taken uh four years so he has you beat uh i'm i'm just going to be very disappointed if i don't get the free products that i came here for um yeah. manscaped gets a free <laughs> ad appreciate that they're not paying us anything <laughs> you guys should really pay them i actually wanted to buy your products because of this podcast. That's right. I'll, I'll send on this clip. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No worries. No worries. All right. Thanks, oh, Shane. No ESL is looking for a Manscaped partnership for the next term. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, send be sure to email. tweet your Manscaped products. Uh, get the address That's from Shane. Shane. Send him pictures yeah. on Twitter of your nicely shaved testicles. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Shane O'Man. Yeah, that's a, that, you don't want to open up I, that I'm can looking, of worms. Looking to do some <laughs> patterns if that's possible too. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, Suns Fan Cinderin and Shane signing out. Peace. Peace. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening. Yeah.